One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we are back for a second podcast of the week. The other one is already in your feed, so hit subscribe, go and listen. That was our Premiership review. This is a European preview with a massive weekend of European action ahead. Um, and as well as that, JB was talking at the end of the last podcast about wanting to bring up an, another little talking point, which we'll get into in a bit. Laters. Uh, yeah, how are you doing, JB? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Some nice Disbury Talk H stash, that. Oh, what, this whole thing? I just threw it on. <laughs> <laughs> little uh, Disbury Talk H with the uh, Talk H proudly uh, across the chest. Talk H, if you don't know, stands for Talbot House. Which used to be where the where the troops in World War One got Hold their respite. Tok H Talbot House. Yeah, Tok H was the old phonetic alphabet. So instead of saying over the uh, radios in World War One, uh, Tango Hotel, which would be how you'd say it now, you'd say Tok H. So Talbot House was the association. The, the troops needed a little bit of care after I don't know being shelled by Jerry. So they said, get yourself over to Tok H, which is Talbot House. That's very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. And, we like all, that. and there used to be Tok H's ever, everywhere, and there still are. So if you go walk in the Lake District, you'll see a Tok H, a Talbot House, and you can stay there because that's what, that's what they are. They're kind of um, boarding houses. And every city had a Tok H, and probably still does, and every city, or most of them, had a rugby club. And we are the last remaining rugby club, which is why we are the greatest rugby club in Manchester, and probably greater Manchester. Mm. I, I want to set a little challenge then. Are there any other teams, maybe your local club, as you're listening, that have an interesting story behind their name. Mm. I, I genuinely... Like, grasshoppers. Uh, how did Preston grasshoppers become Preston grasshoppers? I don't know about, I don't know about hoppers, but I do love the story about... Um, uh, is it Hartlepool with the monkey? <laughs> so that's, that's the, the town of Hartlepool rather than any of the teams, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, the... The logo the, of the football team is a, is a monkey... Monkey hanger. Ha- ha- is a monkey hangers. As, yeah. yeah, as is the rugby club. Yeah, but that's just a generic nickname oh, for people it? from Hartlepool. Oh, okay, I, I realise that. So something, I, I something went to, do to with there was. They I didn't mean, know. I they, don't know. I, I'm going to tread very carefully yeah. on this story. <laughs> they didn't know what a Frenchman was. Yes. So when a ship came into port with a chimpanzee on it, they thought it was a Frenchman. <laughs> a common mistake. <laughs> uh, so they hung it. They hung the Frenchman. It was like the extreme patriotic endeavour. <laughs> 
But there you go. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us, contacteggchasers at gmail.com. Stories behind rugby club names or any anything rugby-related with an interesting story, because I've, I've learned something already on this podcast. There you go. Wonderful stuff. How are you doing, Phil? Very good. Very good, thank you, Tim. I wish I'd got the memo about wearing vests. Singlets. Today. Singlets. I, I don't think we initiate wish. And this is the standard, standard issue, is it not? Why don't no. you do it for the next uh, BT Sport pitch side, pitch side sports? <laughs> we only well, see your wrist anyway. Well, do you know what? The uh, just just on that, and I'm I'm not criticising it at all, but the the it's getting more and more casual. Yeah. The it is getting casual. Sport, I've noticed it? this. It is getting more and more casual. And I'm sticking to the letter of the prescribed uh, clothing <laughs> direction that I got and, when I started a few years ago. And I wonder, I wonder if it's got something to do with lockdown and there being no fans and there's no sense of events, is there? So everyone can show up, show up in, in, in their scruffs. Well, not scruffs, no one looks scruffs. Scru- not scruffs. Yeah, because yeah, they're all scruffy. very smartly t- dressed trainers. guys. I mean, some people can wear trainers. Craig Doyle could probably wear trainers. Probably Austin Healy can wear trainers. The others can't wear trainers. Ugo can wear trainers. Ugo can wear trainers. That is, that is true. But you kind of got to dress dress appropriately. That's what I'd say. I, I always go blazer of some description. As you, as, as well you should. Um, I've had a conundrum which I've been nulling around my head for a few days now, which is what is appropriate dress for a director of rugby? You're on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I get coached or a director of rugby. Yeah, well, like Di Young, for example, at Wasps, he always used to be away from home, T-shirt, at home, shirt he, and he tie. A shirt and tie. I think he's got that the wrong way round. Yeah, maybe. You always wear your ties for away days. But the away days, directors of rugby don't go to the hospitality box and mix with the other... That's what the CEO or the owner will do or the chairman or whatever. Um... Head coach, uh, but but th- these days you play the game, and then you're on the bus with the pizzas driving driving back straight away after the game. Yeah, that is a sh- well. Yeah, they are often. I see a lot of the lads at sale come in and have a little bit of food. Yeah, in in eye shot of the fans, and then they're back on getting dominoes and drinking beers and well, I don't know what they do. <laughs> do they drink beers still? I don't. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They do have lots of lots and lots of dominoes deliveries though to the change rooms. Not sale lads, but the way pizzas is standard. It is, isn't it? You got to mm. refuel. So expensive. It's recovery. Yeah. As long as one of them's got um, a wife or um, family member who works in the NHS and you get your 50% discount, it's actually then not that expensive. Is that still going? It's always always been been the case. You've got to think about this, right? How much is. So, the reason the pizza model, in my mind, is broken is because a pizza, by its very definition, doesn't cost much to produce. It's like no. a bit of bread with some cheese, and yet they're charging how much for it? A stand- standard. If you've not got any discounts, which never order Domino's without discounts. Never. But standard would yeah. be about sixteen quid for a large pizza with a few toppings on it. Uh, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. And it's about you can get a lovely steak for that. Super League. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Super League did a deal with um, Papa John's to sponsor the Super League. Right? Like kind of sponsor the Super League. Do you know how much they paid to sponsor the Super League? Uh, did Super League pay them? Zero. <laughs> they just provide Super League players with pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> what? That Allegedly. can't be true. Allegedly. That I can't don't be true. I don't, I don't know. Can we get some verification on that? I don't believe that. Wow. There was also... No wonder Luther Burrell wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> what? He's not, not going to keep that shred hey, yeah. with Papa John's, is he? I'm, I'm not being funny. If you think the marquee player regime is expensive try ordering pizzas for all your players every week yeah when they're, that's expensive when they're on 6,000 calories a day because they're um, yeah. having 40 contacts a game 40 if tackles Lester 40 carries a game 
If Leicester just cut out the, the pizza bills, they probably could have kept money too long. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get, we'll get on to the European Cup and European Challenge Cup quarterfinals in just a second. But a very brief word on the other Premiership game we saw this evening. Quinns with a handy win away at Gloucester. And it was it was a very Gloucester performance that they it, that they had erratic moments. They threatened to be good and then kind of bodged up. But actually, I'd rather focus on the positive. And Quinns that was a steely Quinns performance. It was it, it was it was they played the right game plan, which um, they didn't actually play very much rugby at all. There was a stat um, halfway through the second half, which was. Uh, Gloucester had made had had forty six phases in the Quinns twenty two, and Quinns had had one phase in the Gloucester twenty two. Wow! And it was mm. it was um, at that point twenty eight ten, but Quinns they played an intelligent kicking game. Both the halfbacks, all three of the halfbacks, because when um, Scott Steele came on, he, he continued the box kicking. Marcus Smith kicked well, and they had uh, a reasonably aggressive defence, not not mega aggressive. But aggressive enough to put enough pressure on um, Sippers, um, Atkinson, and the back three that they well they forced errors and they forced three schoolboy er- schoolboy um, interceptions, the kick and the two passes that led directly to the three Quinns tries. Yeah, you don't need phases in the opposition twenty-two if Sippers will just kick you the ball. Yeah, or pass you the ball, or pass you the ball. To I run watched in. the first half of this, and at the end of the first half, I thought this is dross. <laughs> I will be watching the second half, and I didn't. But in that first half, the first three uh, Quinns kicks, the first nine points Quinns got were basically free. That that kick from Sippers, I do not know what happened. I mean, he just belts it into the arms of some Don Brunt. Is it Don? No, didn't Don Brunt receive the pass? Yeah, I think you're right. Don Brunt receives. Uh, Don Brunt receives the pass. Whoever it was, it was. Oh uh, yeah, it was. It, sorry. Gets it to yeah. Murley. Murley goes in, and it looks like an amateur score. It really, like, the way no one's around him, it just looks like. A, well, it is a gift. And then you've got to remember, Sippers throws the ball forward. Thorley drops it. Thorley puts the ball through his legs. Um, these are very, very um, unusual mistakes for players of this calibre. Yet they're making them. And I kind of thought at that point, there's no way they're going to win this if they continue to play so poorly. And they didn't. They yeah. got well beaten. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, oh, the scariest, um, not scariest, the most concerning part of the whole programme on BT Sport for me was the the chat with Martin St. Quinton, the, oh, yeah. the, the Gloucester, Gloucester owner. owner who was saying that if if rugby without crowds goes on into next season, he thinks there's a real possibility that there's several clubs that won't be able to continue well, to run. They already can't continue to run, so never forget that. As things stand, these clubs cannot run. The only reason they do run is because owners fund them. So what Martin St. Quentin... What's his name? Martin St. Quentin, I think. Yeah. Do you know what? I want to always say Hazel. The reason I want to say Hazel is because there's a company in North Wales called St. Quentin Hazels or Quentin Hazels. But no, Martin St. Quentin. What he's actually saying is not that, you know, these clubs are going to be going under or they're bankrupt because effectively they already are. What he's ba- what he is saying is they're not I'm no longer willing to fund it. And that's a very big or, well, well, or can no longer fund it or because no he's got um, totally separate, unrelated businesses yeah. that have similar issues, similar yeah. revenue-based issues. And uh, I mean, oh God, no! Some people will be really upset with me saying saying this. So I, I'm, I'm not. 
I'll sorry, I'll just say it. The data seems to point to the fact if you socially distance and you're outside, you're fine. there's pretty much yeah. negligible risk. Well, so I'm very concerned, option. not just about rugby, yeah. but about all kinds of... Oh, look. All uh, kinds of... Uh, Talk H are playing a touch tournament in a few weeks' time. The touch tournament is going to be against other clubs around the area. And I don't know if it's going to be 15 aside, 7 aside, 10 aside, I don't know. But the ridiculous thing is, we can do line-outs, but we can't do competitive line-outs. We can play a touch tournament at Broughton Park, but we can't play an actual game of rugby. This is nonsense. This is utter, utter nonsense. And it is destroying uh, rugby institutions, rugby sports, all all sorts of things. So I'm with you. I mean, if someone gave me the opportunity to join a crowd of 80,000 to go to Twickenham, I would do it. I would do it. Now, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I would do it, and I should be allowed to make that choice. Simple. Phil, you 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 see somewhere in between? Um, well, you're both making the same point. I'm yeah, not, yeah. Well, I'm not, not, you're not I'm quite not as saying. I want eighty thousand. Yeah, people you're. To yeah. But I'm saying that I'm saying you could have a quarter or third filled stadium safely, yeah. and yeah, the risk yeah. is negligible. I I totally agree with that. As long as they fill up, as long as they fill up corporate. I mean, that's the main thing, isn't it? That, that's a huge element of it. Get get that money in because you know a, a lot of money is spent there, particularly you know uh, in Exeter and. Uh, Wasps has got a great corporate. Sales got a great corporate. That's where they make a lot of money. Yeah, the, the corporate is um, for for all sports. And I can't help but think that'll be massive. the last to come back. Um, well, I don't know. It depends how it's set up. As in, um, so if you go to, um, I've, I've only done a few um, rugby corporate dues, but um, I've done quite a few football ones. And you either have them in big dining halls where you've got. Oh, um, 80 tables each with 10 people on so mm. 800 plus um, people or you have independent boxes where you have I don't know about 10 people per box yep. and the 10 people per box is surely manageable because you're, you're, you're directly limiting the, the contact to a very small number of people great yeah. point. that's a great point um, compared to 800 to 1,000 people all indoors in a relatively small space. I think we have to grin and bear it because there's too many reputations on the line to backtrack on this now. But, you know, it is what it is. I would like to see changes. I mean, most importantly, I want to see changes to the community game. And a a strategy which at least makes sense. The line-up thing is ridiculous. The touch rugby versus (laughs) rugby thing is ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. In Ireland, they're playing again. But, I mean, you've got to go already changed and you can't get go in the change rooms afterwards. But they're playing again. No baths. The baths, what's all that about? What? Do you know, I was once called on to the BBC to talk about rugby and the, hy- and the hygiene in rugby and about sharing baths because Public Health England, thank God that they're, they're gone, um, made some statement that rugby clubs were unhy- unhygienic and we were sharing razors. Like, we, were, we have never been sharing razors. <laughs> That's a nonsense. I've just, I've just thought of something. What? That, the- there might be bad news about this whole thing. More, more bad news, more, please. More bad news. So do you remember when we went to our lovely, incredible trip to Romania? Yes. Our first live show. Yes. And we spent, well, a couple of great days on the beers. Yes. But we spent an afternoon on the beers and the Prosecco right. and the Aperol Spritz and everything else swimming around the Therme Spa. Oh, no, you're not going to tell me what I think you're going to tell me, are you? So one of those was set to be built in Manchester, oh, no. somewhere near the Trafford Centre. Yes, so this is true. Only a couple of miles from where we're currently sitting right now. Surely that's not going to get the go-ahead now. I mean... So it's, it's like a constant 38-degree temperature in there with 
hundreds if not thousands of people yeah. all sharing the same water. I like to say, I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> and if you don't want to risk it, that's up to you. Just, just by the way, on the sharing raises, like, uh, can I just go back a second? What business is it, or public <laughs> health England, what, what independent <laughs> adults choose to do with their razors or not? Isn't that their Quite business? Right. Quite right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was called up. I had to go to BBC Five Live, sit in the studio and talk about... Um, Patronising adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you share towels? Do you, you know, well, we whip each other occasionally. You know. <laughs> what do you want me to say? This one's forgot their towel. We share Maybe we'll share... <laughs> Yes, port. We share a lot of port. <laughs> um, Crikey! Anyway, European Cup. We've got yes. we've got the European Cup. We've got the Challenge Cup quarterfinal weekend, uh, and uh, so let's get into it. Let's do the let's do the big showpiece event first, and um, should we do it in chronological order through the weekend? I know that the games actually start on Friday night with uh, Ashton Gate. Yes, but but in terms of the Champions Cup, yeah, let, let's go through it. What's the first game of the weekend? First game is three o'clock on the Saturday, which is maybe it's the biggest derby or biggest. Um, confrontation most history behind it it is Leinster versus Saracens yeah you know when you're a big deal when your derby is from a different country yes the champions yeah. of one company country yeah. the historic for the last five years uh, champions of England and I do think this is probably the keenest rivalry probably Northern Hemisphere rugby maybe there's a couple of local ones maybe Leinster Munster maybe Exeter Saracens maybe but I think maybe some of the, the French, like the Clermont Toulon, for the last f- ten years has been a massive yeah. rivalry. Yeah, uh, but I think the for, the for ferocity, uh, these games will match anything that the domestic leagues will throw at it. Yeah, and when, I, I've mentioned this before, but when we were in uh, Monaco chatting to the devilishly handsome Rob Carney, yeah, and we were talking about um, Ireland on a near unbeaten season um, that year when. Uh, Ireland got team of the year Johnny Sexton got player of the year and I was asking him what was his favourite win and he he didn't reference an Ireland game he referenced a Leinster game against Saracens because because of that's the, a great memory Phil <laughs> I, I, rem- I was just I was just looking into his dreamy eyes not taking <laughs> yeah. any of it in there's a lot I don't remember from that weekend but <laughs> I do remember that because it, it was really striking that Ireland uh, Carney and Sexton and all the rest of them and Ireland have had such an incredible year but he, ahead of everything else, um, ranked beating Saracens. Wow. Which was, it just shows, and that's that's a couple of years ago, and there's even a bit more... Oh, they've um, lost the final to him since yeah, then. Yeah, with more water under the bridge since then, which is... Um, so this is a seriously Who's spicy the last game. Who to win the Heineken Cup, which wasn't Saracens or Leinster? Too long? Probably, God, yeah. Probably is, yeah. Yeah, uh, probably Toulon again. Was it the place I was maybe, in the level? Maybe it was Toulon three times. Yeah, Toulon yeah. won a handful of times. I seem to remember them kicking that Gitto try. Must have been against Saracens. I'm, I'm sure it was. Johnny Morgan. Johnny Morgan might, might, might have been playing the, la- the, the last time. Well, and if you take out... Because you've got three, three from um, Toulon, two or three from Saracens, two... Well, three Leinster have now Sar- won. Saracens won it three times. Saracens three, and then Leinster have won it um, once recently. But then, before the um, Toulon dominance, Leinster won in twenty twelve. That's right. I say because they beat Northampton. Yeah. So when was the last winner not of one of those teams? Well, Phil, uh, you're the one with these answers. You you got a laptop. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not one. 
Swansel. Yeah. So it goes. Monster. It goes. Um, looking backwards, so last year was Saracens. Year before that was Leinster. Then there was two Saracens. Then three Toulons. Then twenty twelve and twenty eleven were both Leinster. They beat Ulster in twenty twelve and Northampton. That's right. I remember that now. 2011. So you have to go back to. So Leinster was seven. When Leinster beat um, also seven years ago. Yeah. Crikey. Uh, eight years ago. Now that was 2012. That was. And then, so in 2010 was the last time that one of those three teams didn't win it. And that would be to to lose. To lose. Correct. Wow. Just after Leinster won their first one against yeah, Leicester. Do you Tigers know why I remember that? It was to lose, and I think they're playing Biritz. And Guy Nouveau, Nouveau, is that his Guy Nouveau. Who's Guy Nouveau? Guy Nouveau. Uh, <laughs> sounds like know. a lead singer of... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sort of that, uh, sounds like a perfume maker. <laughs> um, Guy Nouveau, or whatever his name, name is, uh, he got arrested because they didn't believe that... Uh, going back to you know looking smart for rugby, he didn't look smart enough to coach the team, so he got arrested <laughs> for being on the pitch and then later released. <laughs> Wow. Now, Mark McCall, I did ask him after the game on on Sunday. Wigglesworth, Makovinopola, they haven't played since... They've only played once since the restart. They both got injured in the game against Bristol, the first game back. Mm. Uh, they are both fit and available. Wonderful news. I that, mean, crucial and crucial. wonderful news. Yeah. Yes. Particularly Wigglesworth, actually. Yeah, but and I think I think Leinster would be favourites anyway, whatever Saracen's team was put out, because they're at home and they're as good as they are. But you, you take out Ben Earl, Max Malins, Nick Tompkins, Alex Lazowski. George Cruz. George Cruz, yeah. Um, Liam Williams. Liam Williams. Mm. And that's that's half a dozen. I believe that they can do it. Stars. I really believe they can do it. Even without Owen Farrell, I think they can do it. I don't think they will, but I think they can. I, I think they can, but I in my head it's like 85%. Leinster win, fifteen percent Saracens so, win. So it's gutting. possible, but it's Leinster are just—they're so good. They are so good. I, I, I honestly don't think there's a better second row combination on the planet than when Cruis and Atoji are clicking together. I just think they are magnificent. So for him to have to leave—I mean, did he have to leave? They're not going <laughs> to—they weren't going to get underneath the salary cap anyway. They may as well have kept him <laughs> for this one year. Just see out the year. Just see out the year. Keep everyone. Screw you guys. <laughs> let's, let's win Europe and then we'll get and we'll worry about everything later. Find us another five million pounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but as we were discussing on the last podcast, in key positions, Leinster are fresh. But Saracens are fresh. Their team won't have played in two weeks. Yeah, uh, they've had their fifteen picked for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and everyone in the squad has known what the team was for a long time their whole season has revolved around this 80 minutes yeah this is the the only one that counts for, uh, from the restart if if they lose this that's it season done this team gets di- totally disbanded so I've not rooted for a team this hard for a long long I really hope they do it <laughs> the Saracens do it I really hope they do it yeah. the bad boys the they're going to have to do something different they I mean I mean, I would be box kicking it and chasing it hard, and that's all I'd be doing really. <laughs> Until I'm right within the striking range, I'd be box kicking, chasing hard, trying to win penalties, kicking, kicking sticks. Mind you, their kicker's not even there. They've got to rely on a 19, 20 year old to kick sticks. No, Alex, good. Oh, I, do, I don't know. Does he? Does he? 
Yeah. I don't know. Vin- Vin- Vinipola can Vin- 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 can kick as well, can't yeah, but, he? But he'll be on the bench. Alex Good will be starting ten. I mean, probably. Yeah, I think it'll be. I'm not sure. I think I it'll think... be. I think it'll be Wigglesworth nine. Alex Good ten. Brad Barrett twelve. Thirteen's a question mark. Probably Duncan Taylor if he's fit. Uh, Morris looks all right. Yeah, but he, he played at the solid. weekend. Yeah, unless you slot Daly in at 13. Oh, uh, Daly, yes, Daly at 13, yes. And Maitland then you'll have will... Lewington. Probably Maitland will end up fullback. So I, I see, I, I think... I, I think they'll tr- fullback. I think they'll trust Vanipola. You, you were obviously um, involved... Well, you were there what, on, what, on Saturday. Not that you will have seen any. It was anything. just the fact that he started at the weekend that made me think he'll be not starting. But these young lads, so they, can, they can do week after week after week. I mean, most players will do week after week, to be fair. So I, have, nah. I think he will. I, I mean, that's what I would do. But box kicking. So one thing I would do is, and it's it is a gamble. I'd try and target Llama. Yeah. Because if you give him too much space, he's absolutely lethal. But under the high ball, put a bit of pressure, pressure the occasion on him. Now that could be something that would totally backfire, and Llama could just run riot. That is a reason to have Maitland on the wing because he is one of the best kick chasers. Yeah, yeah and, he, and he's not. Yeah, he's a tall boy as well. Certainly, considerably taller than Lyle. Hundred percent, what I do. I, and Wigglesworth is one of the best box kickers in the game. So there's that lovely area, isn't there, where you can get sort of like three seconds of hang time and draw. You want to be bringing Llama forward, so he's you know, just slightly forward, and then competing there, and then knocking it back, and then do. And also, if you win a box kick. The, f- the next thing you should immediately do is box, box kick, kick. Again. Box because, kick. There's, because there's no there's no winger behind. Yeah, unless you win it in there twenty two. Uh, yeah, I'd box actually kick no box kick again. Yeah, box win again. it in the five meter line, five <laughs> meter from the try <laughs> line. Box kick. The other rules. The, the Hollywood movie script is going to be written yeah. potentially after this game, or it's just going to be in the bin. Yeah, well, something that no, could happen because there's two. There's the perfect season, or it's oh, the redemption yeah. of the bad boys. Ah, the, the perfect season story is not a. There's not been enough um, jeopardy or. <laughs> no, really. There's been no jeopardy no. to this point in the pro. Winning the pro four team. Even lost in. Yeah. I mean, the most boring no, film. Uh, amazing team wins everything. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's not a great teams. story. Still, yeah, and every day they turned up on time. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> They're so good. I tell you when it's going to make a difference. Second half when they start bringing on a fresh, meaty front row. You know, they start uh, rotating that enormously talented squad. This yeah, is guys like Andrew Porter just yeah. strutting on to come and boss the... the, the uh... They are a brilliant, brilliant team. Yeah. And I expect them to do Saracens. Uh, I think they'll do them comfortably, unfortunately. Off. I, I, think, I think that's when you'll see it. Yeah. yeah. The replacements and the fitness. We saw that a bit with Ulster. That you just A 10-minute spell's all they need to put you away. Yeah. yeah. And end the game. Yeah. Unless my, I mean, they're going to have to get a, Saracens are going to have to get a lead I mean they can't keep it tight can they they're going to have to get a lead it is a little bit like if you think Ireland beating the All Blacks in Chicago you have to score on, on that day you have to score a certain number you're going to have to score more than 30 points and that means because you, don't, you, you never got a, many chances against the All Blacks Ireland on that day took every single chance they had I think it's basically that mm. Saracens have got to do something like that. Yeah, it, and it doesn't necessarily chime in well with my idea of box kicking them to death. So, although that is one of the ways that Ireland did the All Blacks in Chicago, yeah, I guess so. Box kick away into into, ter- into territorial possession uh, position, and then try and score. Yeah, or suffocate. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's definitely something they can do. Who knows? I'm looking forward to this one. 
It's immeasurably. Yeah. This is very, very exciting. Yeah. This, this is this feels like the first game, um, other than the, the final last week, that I'm kind of nervous about watching. Yeah. Like excited and nervous for. Mm. Anyone not saying Leinster? Anyone going to be brave enough? I'm, unfortunately, I think it's going to be Leinster by a margin, maybe by. Seventeen. I'm going to go for. I know, which is harsh, but they're that good. I don't think it'll be that much because Saracens just—they just know how to stay in the game. Yeah, and they've got some big. They've got big players, like you say, Vincent Cock, World Cup winner, Jamie George, Mako Vanapola, Billy Vanapola, Maru Itoji. Yeah, Yeah. that's not bad, is it? Who's he at the second row? They're going to pair him with. Um. Oh, yeah, because I, I, didn't, I didn't mention Ezekwe in the yeah, list of players that are not there. I said, oh, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, who is the other second row? So Hunter got Hill? Ka- yeah, Hunter Hill or Kapoku. But didn't both of those play? Both of those played at the weekend. Yeah. Maybe Michael, Michael Rhodes will be blindside. Jackson Ray will be open side. Unless they put Rhodes into the row. Yeah, yeah, who will the other lock be? It will gonna... come, come to you when you think, oh, yeah, I, I knew all along. Of course, they've got that mutant. Uh, oh, of course. How could we possibly forget? He was um, on track to be a lion, not not three years ago. Oh, Tim Swinson. Tim Swinson. <laughs> Swinners. Yes. Oh, that'd be awesome. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> well, Swinners does have experience in beating Leinster. He does. He does. He knows all about it. I'd, I'd play Swinners every day of the week. <laughs> right, next game. Okay, the next game is a, an all-French affair. And it is Claremont at home at the Stade Marcel Michelin versus Racing 92. I have no idea. Who's next? <laughs> wow. So, I mean, Claremont just got off the back of beating Toulouse um, in the t- first game of the top 14, which is but no mean feat. No. Um, I know that Toulouse, so I, I can't tell you the exact team, but I know Entermac and Colby were playing, so it's going to be a fairly handy Toulouse team with, with those two in. Um, and Rassing, they beat Leon in a, a fairly close game with some. Leon on what they were, though. The, uh, with some silky skills from Finn Russell playing in that yeah, game. Yeah, he did look good. The Stad Marcel Michelin without a crowd is. That makes me sad yeah. because yeah. that the atmosphere at that place on a European game like this would be. I mean, it's incredible, anyway. But it's a special place. So, did you was it Claremont Quinn's? Yeah, Claremont Quinn's semi semi final of the Challenge Cup. I worked there, and yeah. it was. I did. I did a piece with like Ben K back to the studio. Like, yeah, we're here twenty minutes before kickoff. Just set up the scene, and. I couldn't. I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> I, this, I couldn't hear uh, anything Ben K said. I just asked him the question, waited till his mouth stopped moving, and then asked the next question. <laughs> I couldn't have a conversation because I couldn't hear a word. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So ultimately, right? I'm going to say Rassing only on name, on brand and name value. Finn Russell, Kurt, uh, Kurtley, Kurtley Tower, uh, I mean. They've got so many names, and they do play like, and they do play very nice rugby. Claremont have got a few names. Uh, yeah, they have got a few names. They've got the boy. Who's the boy? The the legacy player, the legacy oh, winner, uh, Damien Pinot. Damien Pinot and Fofana. They've got better game breakers of their own, and they've got um, one of the best back rows in the world in uh, Pascal Yato. If he's playing, um, they got one of your favourite players, JB Arthur Itaria, as the uh, second row back row. 
Oh, and they've got, all a, load of, and they've got a bunch of Georgians, player. haven't they, in the front row? Obviously. All, every top 14 team has got a bunch of Georgians. <laughs> what else would you do? So... <sighs> I mean, I don't know. And if I said uh, I didn't know, I'm lying. I haven't got the faintest idea. Well, don't forget, Claremont have earned the home yes. uh, match by virtue of being one of the top-seeded teams. So they're, they're very handy. I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Claremont. I'm just going to go for a home win. Sne- uh, sneaking it. I'm really excited about I this one. Rassing, but if I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I'm boringly going to go for a home win as well, mm. predictably. Albeit it should be a good game that because both teams can play yes, and like uh, to play. That could be electric. And then speaking of two teams which like to play, Sunday at one thirty, Toulouse, the might of Toulouse, host the might of Ulster. It's a procession for those uh, ult proud pride Ulstermen. It will be a procession. It'll be fifty points to nil to Ulster. Yeah, yeah I don't see anyone in the Toulouse team really who's who could really <laughs> trouble Ulster. <laughs> looking at this here. Uh, I, I don't think it bodes well for Ulster. No. So Ulster, at the weekend, they had the amazing James Hume try after four minutes, and then they just spent the whole game banging their head against the wall and could not get anywhere. Mm. Uh, And I fear that they will have put too much into that game and have nothing left for for this game. Uh, I'm not predicting. I'm, I'm boringly predicting another home win. As much as I'd like to see Ulster do it, yeah, I, I think Jerome Kano, Kano is going to take the dinner money of every single one of your players, yeah, and not give it back. Well, he might give some of it to Cheslin Colby and some of it to Roman <laughs> Entomac. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dupont, Dupont is so good. Dupont and Entomac, one of the most exciting halfback pairings in world rugby. Colby and Uge, Uge and Ra- on the wings, Ramos and Gitoon as well. He's yeah. rapid at 13. Oh my goodness me. I, I would be amazed. I, I would be also yeah. utterly amazed if also do, do, do anything. I think they'll play Jer- some nice rugby. Jerome Kano played second row at the weekend. Hmm. Packing down alongside Rory Arnold. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know enough about uh, Toulouse, uh, but again, name value alone. Sorry, Phil. Uh, yeah, sorry, it Phil. Does, it doesn't look great. It's going to be another disappointing week. Yep. Yeah, but that's how you like it, isn't it? In a way, well, that's how Ulster fans like it. Yeah, it would be disappointing if we won. Yeah, these, in these a way. Big games. Big big time, in fact. Um, and then on to the final game. 5.30 on Sunday is Exeter hosting Northampton Saints. Oh, dear. Exeter, who've rested everyone. Northampton, who played a pretty strong team to lose to Leicester. I mean, what does Northampton do in this? Do they even bother? Well, th- well, there is. Yeah, they'll, they'll go. This is all that they've got left. So they'll give it. They'll give it the best shot they have. But one of the stories that's come out this evening, just before we started the podcast, is that Northampton have said they have one fit loosehead in their squad, a 19-year-old. Um, I can't remember his name because I've never heard heard of him before. Emmanuel Iogon. And where's he from? Uh, he's an academy lad, I, th- I believe. And. He's the only fit loose head at the club. The EPC or ECPR or EPCR, whichever it is, the rules stipulate that you're not allowed to sign anyone else and put them onto your European squad. So Northampton will be going to Exeter with one player who can play loose head. He'll 19 year old year old lad who will have to play 80 minutes, or else it will go uncontested and Northampton will drop a player. Mm, not great, is it? I mean, if it. If the recent performances of both Exeter and Northampton um, suggested that this wasn't going to go well for Northampton, that is just another bit of information that 
Oh, you'd be a Northampton fan at the moment. How do they... I mean, I, I think Northampton, again, it's a bit mealy mouth to say this, but they can win. They have... <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of quality. They don't have to just have, have the best quality. I, I think they might be missing Cobus Reinick more than they realise. Potentially. It, it, I, I mean, I think there's, it's... There's think no it's, doubt. There's no doubt they're missing him. He's a game-breaker, and he, he's won several games just with a moment of... Yeah. magic that only he could do so yeah I do get that but I th- the, the biggest issue for me when I look at Northampton is front row yeah it's set piece they're just it's not at the races and, and psychologically we've talked about this many times psychologically the impact of having a, a scrum under pressure just it affects everything yeah. because you're scared to knock on Yeah, and they, they're a team that, that when they play on confidence and when it feels effortless well when, sorry when Northampton play really well it looks effortless but when you when in the back of your mind, shit, if I knock on, we're going to be penalty back fifty meters, points down. Yeah, it, it's just that knock on effect, isn't it, to the pack as well? It, you know, they lack a bit of confidence. It won't be as abrasive as uh, as they normally are. I mean, they've got some cracking carriers. Uh, they've got some cracking back five forwards. I mean, even you, know, you would say, oh yeah, they've got the Franks and whatnot, but they, they haven't performed. They haven't performed nearly no, as well as that, well as they need. That to. hasn't been a good signing. Those no. that haven't been good signings, have they? Um, and also in in the backs, they've got dusting. Dusting's of absolute magic, but they need to put it all put put it all together. And I think it comes down to what you said, Tim. It's not going to happen if you don't have a set piece and particularly a scrum. Damn, damn bigger can't win it all. Although maybe. Well, <laughs> there, there was a comment that said. Uh, <laughs> a team with injury issues, a team with Dan Bigger in it that has major injury issues going up against a team that play in white. Perfect. We've seen this before. Yeah, we have. We have, and it doesn't bode well for the mm. team in white. But yeah, if anyone can do it, Dan Bigger can do it. I, 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 I look at that back line. Oh, no, maybe it's Europe. X will be wearing lilac. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> lilac it's all over, and orange it's all over and black. Um. I just I cannot see it. From all the games I've watched of both of these two, um, particularly since restart, there is no way on earth that I can see yeah. anything it, other they than... they can't get parity up front. That's where they're going to struggle. They can't do anything up front. If they can't do anything up front, Rory Hutchinson can be as good as he likes. Yeah, can be it. as many defenders as you want, yeah. but Luke Cowan-Dickey is going to score three pushover tries and they're just going to get beaten up up front. Cowan-Dickey is probably the epitome of where these two teams differ. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, and Cowan Dickey, how many um, tap and go tries has he scored since lockdown? And I've I noticed more teams a... doing tap and go. Sale, well, they all do sale, it. sale did it. Sale did it the other week. It's a um, copycat league, as they say, it, yeah. say in the NFL. Yeah, one team does it. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe yeah. they'll try, try and do that. Uh, someone will do the. Uh, come on, extra. Do when you get a penalty, do the, the old wall. Oh, no. <laughs> the old wall move. All they do is score once, and everyone will do it. Yeah, yeah. And then you can focus on your actual attacking rugby. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting. I think it says where Exeter are at that... Oh, by the way, I asked Rob Baxter and Stuart Hogg will be fit. He went, off injured. He went off, off injured last week. Um, that does, it, it is important for yeah. um, Exeter. It's not actually going to be that important for this game. No. <laughs> but it will be important when they see someone next, in the final. Next week, when, well, when, they, when they play Toulouse. And, um, uh, Ulster. Toulouse or, or Ulster. Or Ulster. <laughs> And by the way, Exeter will play at home wow. in that game. Not and we mentioned on the last pod, and I think we think we said it would be in France, but no, Exeter were the second seeded team behind. Ah, to be uh, Leinster. Leinster. So they, they will get a home game if he starts. But if Gareth Steenson plays against Ulster, 
Um, which seems unlikely on both counts that Garcia doesn't get selected and they play Ulster. But if he does, he doesn't have a great record against Ulster. No. So maybe that, that's your route to the final. Yes, we've just <laughs> got to beat so, up. We've got to throw around uh, the enormous pack that is Toulouse's pack. But, and then you get to play Leinster. Yeah. Leinster or Clermont or Racing. Or Clermont or Racing. Yeah. Uh, one thing that did really impress me is... Um, or Saracens. Uh, one thing that did really... I say everything about where Exeter are at is that Rob Baxter has been quite openly for, for a long time now talking about this being a two-week European block. He's like, well, you know, we, we're preparing for, for two games. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're talking like, not not that the game's won, they're going to know they're going to have to go out and win it, but they're talking like, yeah, we're, we're, we're already thinking about how we manage our resources so that we can play a semi-final. Yeah, because they play this weekend and then if you are lucky enough to get through to the semi-final you play next weekend mm. but then there is a three week break while you finish uh, no it's not even finished the domestic season it's conclude most of the domestic season bar the final and then have the final of the um, of the Heineken Cup yeah. I, I will just say one thing though I'm, I'm, I'm working the extra game which I'm, I'm looking forward to I love going to Sandy Park but 5.30pm on a Sunday at Exeter, that's Ooh. a really inconvenient time to be having, having a rugby match. Hang on a minute. So I was thinking, so we're going to have to podcast with me, I reckon, in the car park at Sandy Park after the game, in the car, and then do the podcast, and then I can oh, yes, then I can sorry. get driving. So, so I'm not going to be back until <laughs> very You'll be back at like four in the well, morning. Why? I don't, I don't understand that, why? Because the game will finish about, I'll be finished half at half seven, eight, eight o'clock. Yeah. It'll be eight p.m. Sorry, sorry, to be clear, the time doesn't doesn't concern me. You have a driver. BT Sport pay for your driver. Why can't you? <laughs> why can't you talk whilst whilst he drives? Well, because the helicopter's too loud. Jimmy. It is loud. Actually, that it is loud. To be fair, private jet again for you, Tim. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to pod straight after the game if that's all right. Yeah, we can manage that. Um, <laughs> cool, so that's the Champions Cup. So we we are saying that we're going to have Exeter against Toulouse in one semi-final. No, Exeter against Claremont in one semi-final. I've just looked, Claremont lost at the weekend with pretty much their full-strength team out. They lost to Bayonne. Uh, hang on. So I might, was, it not, was that not the week before? Oh, it might have been the week before. Uh, I, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. You are... Uh... Yeah, you are correct. I think I might change. I think I might change. I'm just looking at that and going, that was their, that was Claremont's team. I'm starting to think maybe without the crowd, I'm I'm flipping and going for. Hang on. So what was I looking at before? Top fourteen. Twenty twenty one top fourteen. I've got Claremont has having played one, won one against Toulouse. Oh right. Oh maybe I'm looking. Maybe it's shown me. I did go to for some reason I went to the BBC so I mean it could very well be wrong no but then I'm on uh, Ultimate Rugby is saying oh, no, exactly did, what you're saying they did beat Toulouse on on the uh, on Sunday the 6th of September ah uh, that's the week before right okay oh fair play no they did yeah. oh and also yeah different team Matsushima that's one that um, has been playing for Claremont oh no that was Claremont, that was Claremont's first team that played Toulouse Toulouse yes so, oh yeah, thirty-three thirty. So if if it's a replication, I'm, all right, I'll stick with what I said, Claremont. So we're saying it's going to be extra against Claremont in the semi-final. Uh, in is one it, semi-final, is it not the other way round? As in, I've got here. This might be wrong, but win of quarter-final three, which is um, to lose the Ulster, 
They're going to win a quarterfinal four, which is Chiefs versus Saints. Um, is it or is it? No, I'm pretty sure it's Toulouse. Oh, it's Toulouse or Ulster. Sorry, not Claremont. Yeah, Toulouse or Ulster. So it's going to be Toulouse versus Exeter. I think in Exeter, or or is it in England? Might actually be in Exeter. Yeah, it, historically it's um, at a neutral venue in the country of the yeah. the home team. And it, and we're going for Leinster versus Claremont yeah. in Dublin. Yes, yes, I think that. Albeit the the neutral venue was more for due to attendance rather than. Um, Anything else? I think. I think they might have changed it to home home, se- sem- home semi final. Yeah, because of the through seedings. But anyway, anyway, Leinster will end up playing at their home ground or whatever happens because yes, they always one do. of their two home grounds. Yeah. So there we go. That's what we're thinking. The semi finals will do. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. That's for the Challenge Cup. Yes. And the weekend gets underway on BT Sport on Friday night. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be asked again. Really looking forward to this one. And I, 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 th- I thought the other day when Bristol, or yesterday even, God, the, the days are flying by. <laughs> um, I thought yesterday when Bristol put out that team against Wasp that they'd really dropped a bollock a little bit with their selection. However, I, I chatted to a mate who's a Bristol fan. Intra- I know what you're going to say. And I think you're wrong. Who said... Well, this is what he said. He said, I'm a Bristol fan. I was two when we last won something in 1983. Uh, I'm not alone in wanting a European Challenge Cup win and accept the baby steps if it means we don't get the playoffs because of midweek games killing us. Uh, I wonder if we have the same friend. Um, Because I think this is nonsense. And not only that, I think resting your team to win a game against the Dragons in a semi-final of the second-tier European competition is mental. Uh, I really do. If you if you gave me a choice of going to the playoffs or saving your best team to play uh, Leinster... Oh, no, sorry, it's the other good... Leinster. No, it's not. No, it's another good team. Oh, no, it's the Dragons. The Dragons, right? I I think I would want to go, in, go, and, get, go and get that playoff spot. The games are... How? When did they last play? Three weeks ago, or it will be three weeks by the oh, weekend. Hang on. So, the last time that Bristol played was Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So they do have a short, tu- um, a short turnaround. Yeah, they got a five-day turnaround. Yeah. Get that. 
But on the other hand, you needed to win that Wasps game or you needed not not to get pumped because if things go as we expect them to, I don't think Bristol are going to get into the playoffs. And well, if they don't, well, it's a my, disaster. My prediction was that they won't get into the playoffs, but I, I disagree it's a disaster. I think I think they they would have loved to get into the playoffs at the start of the year, but the way that everything has... The, the season has mm. um, been thrown in, into um, turmoil with the short turnarounds. I... So I can understand, particularly as a Bristol fan, why you, if you've not won anything since 1983 and you remember that far back, that you um, you would want to take... Playoffs. Have your playoffs, best opportunity. Playoffs. That's what you need. You need to get, you know, winning, your, winning the second tier of Europe. Who cares? And I, I know what you're saying, Phil. I know what your, uh, your friend's saying, saying to him. I don't buy it. And here's another thing for you. Bristol was saying, baby steps... I'm also talking directly to uh, a good friend of mine, and I'm sure he knows who he is. Uh, baby, uh, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, right? I, th- I think it is the same person, yeah. by the way. Right. If, that, if that's the case, fine. But they are playing year two with their year three squad. And we seem to have forgotten that. So if this finished the year with their year two squad, remember we've had a, uh, we've had a break. They've reinforced with Carl Sinclair, Rad Rada, Earl... Malins, there's no excuse. You've got to win it now. You've but they're, got to win but it they're, they're playing uh, short turnaround games with long turnaround squad. And if they get through to the semi-final, let's not forget that they will play. They will have played Sunday, Friday, following weekend, and then Tuesday. I think. So four games in in two less than in two less weeks. than two weeks. Twelve, yeah, day, I 12 days. I think they'd be far better off getting into the Premiership prop playoffs than uh, chasing. The, Chasing this. The unique Chasing set the of dragon. circumstances has exposed Bristol, and maybe Pat Lamb was right about about That's his so uh, about his squad. How useless all those players <laughs> really were. Yeah, yeah. This has I just was... shown the honesty of Pat Lamb. Leicester are playing. Leicester in Europe. <laughs> Leicester are in Europe, and so so are we saying Bristol are going to do a job? I mean, yeah. they, they, they'll this... put dragons away. Probably they'll put them away so easily that they'll think we could have played. A few more of Will our Capon good and uh, I like Will Capon. Yeah, I think he's a good he's player. A huge, huge future. Yeah, really good player. Um, Just on, on this, the Bristol Dragons is um, Dragons is Bristol's second closest derby, isn't it? Ge- geographically, yeah. yeah. They used to have some right. Newport to Bristol, Newport yeah. Was, um, I remember when Newport was good and Andy Powell was playing for them. Just after Gary Teichmarsh, Teichman, 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 Gary Teichman yeah. left. And they were quality, like absolute quality. Rod Snow at prop. Yeah, it's Lunar Mortens. They had some um, Simon Rowell Louis. I mean, that's some absolutely amazing players. Uh, who was the other one? He's CEO of South Africa, wasn't he? Moriarty? No, was it Moriarty? Marinos, Andy Marinos. <laughs> Andy Marinos, ha- uh, Howarth. Shane, Shane, Shane Howarth? Yeah, Shane Howarth, Shane, Shane yeah. Christ, I'm naming a lot of lads that played at. Did a lot of those lads play at Sale? How how is definitely played at Sale? Did Raul, Raul Gareth did, did Gareth Cooper play at Dragons before he went to Bath? Yes, he did. I'm just trying to think. Did Serena Mortens? Oh, well, he might no, he might have been Swansea actually. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. I remember them when or they was were it Andy really Williams. Good. I can't remember one of them. Oh, the scrum off Andy yeah. Williams. Yeah, he was. I'm sure he was. Oh, maybe he was Swansea. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But I do know this: Newport, not Dragons. And Newport used to be very very good. Um, hopefully they'll be good again one day. And actually, if you look at who they're si- signing, yes, a lot of them are slightly older, slightly over, over uh, past their best. Jamie Roberts and 
Um, who's the other one that they signed? Hibbard, but they've got a lot of young talent there as well. Yeah, and they've brought in some handy players, like Jonah Holmes has gone there, Moriarty's gone there. Tomkins Tomkins is a good signing in anyone's book. Randrandra on Tomkins is a good matchup. Yeah, so, you know, maybe I'm being a bit of a... a bit of a... a bit bit unkind to Dragons. Maybe they'll come up with something. Oh, and Wainwright's going to be very good. Wainwright, he's not bad, is he? No, he's not bad at all. Who knows? We we will find out on Friday. That back row, that back row battle, because Benel could have played himself into a starting spot, maybe. But Nathan Hughes, um, Lua Tua, and then you've got, and then you've got um, Wayne Wright, Moriarty, um, and Ollie Griffiths. Ollie Griffith. Yeah. It feels like I've not seen Lua Tua play for several weeks now. Has he been injured? No, he's been playing. No, he's, he's played. on the bench. Yeah, he played. Now, he is their best signing. I know there's other ones, but he is actually their best signing. He's so good because he, they get so many minutes out of him. Yeah. Do you know who? Hard. Do you know what hooker played at Newport Dragons? Uh, yes. There was... There was a... Uh, the guy who captain Wales. Yeah, well, there's, lo- there's loads of hookers, but there's one in particular. There's a, there's a hooker... I think I know who you're going to say. Uh, 2017 British and Irish Lion. No. No, I'm going to say Steve Diamond. What? Yeah. Steve Diamond Steve played Diamond, there. Did he? Wow. They met, it seems to think there's quite a lot of players that go from Newport to sell back in the day. He played four... No, it can't. No, it's a different Steve Diamond. There can't be more than it's one Steve fly, Diamond. It's a fly half called Steve Diamond. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fly half Steve Diamond. I, I looked at his uh, playing record. Pretty and sure Steve Diamond. It could have been him because he played a bit of rugby yeah. league as well. Pretty sure Steve Diamond could have played fly half. Yeah. For dragons, Steve yeah. Diamond, born seventh of July, nineteen fifty-three, right is an English, <laughs> English-born rugby union and rugby league pro- uh, professional who played in the seventies and eighties for Newport as a fly half for Wales, and now is the rugby league DOR of Sale Sharks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> what a turnaround! Here's what I found. Oh, no, no. <laughs> not now, Siri, not now. <laughs> right, next game. Um, Bordeaux, Edinburgh. Don't know. Edinburgh are Edinburgh will be desperate to win this because they really should have been in the Pro 14 final. Yeah, they they believe they had a crack at or should have had a crack at Leinster. I do mad. They, I think, um, I think Edinburgh are going to win this, knowing very little about Bordeaux other than. They were one of the top teams in the um, top 14 last season. That could be anyone, couldn't it? Top it could be anyone. So, so mental. And they did have uh, one semi-red rather. They've got Santiago Cordero, don't forget. Ooh, yeah, don't forget they've got Vladim Vladim Kobolash and Jefferson Poirot yeah. as their props. Who is the best wrestler ever to walk through the gates of Carrington, which is quite something. And the best table tennis player. And the best table tennis player at, uh, at sale. So I'm pretty sure... Bordeaux are going to win on the strength of that analysis alone. They've got a, they've got a flanker whose whose name is made for 2020. Wo- Wokey. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Intersectional misogynist. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to go for Bordeaux at home. No way. Ed, give me Edinburgh. Uh, then we've Probably. got uh, at the time on that I've got in front of me is 9:15 on. Uh, Saturday, lovely Which evening kickoff. Great, yeah, a late evening kickoff. Beautiful. Um, Toulon hosting Scarlets. Uh, oh, that's a good game. That is a good game, isn't it? I don't know. 
Again, I don't know. Two teams got, I've not really seen much, seen much of. Well, you got um, got Sergio. They they put Leon to the sword at the weekend. Yeah, they've got uh, Issa and Facundo Issa. Facundo Issa and Parise as back rows. Olivon, yeah, is in their back row as well. So they've got some. They've got some I good players. I will be supporting Scarlets purely because uh, I like Glenn Delaney. They've, they've got big Alan Oisa the. That isn't he that massive guy that was a? I'm pretty sure they're all massive. I mean, yeah. I, I saw uh, Toulon show up to sell sharks once, and I didn't recognise a lot of their players. And the ones I didn't recognise were the big, were, were the bigger lads. But one oh, thing, they've got big Brian. Yeah, it's big Brian from Glasgow. Big Brian, yeah. Oh, have they? Big he Brian from enormous. Glasgow. Yeah, he's enormous. Uh, do you know who else is enormous? Ebenezerbeth. He's big. He's, he's quite large. Fairly big. Uh, Baptiste Saran played a game at ten for them in the league the other day. Mm. Did he? With Takalua at scrum half. But Bryce Heem as well. Worcester fans will know him. Yeah. And they've got um, Bellu and um, Carbonell as, their, as yeah. a couple of fly half options. Two very talented young fly half so options. Too long away. Carbonell is a very, very cheeky fly half. Uh, well, let's say too long then. So who plays who? So we're, we're saying. Uh, so that's Torn Scots, and the final game is. Um, Leicester against Cast. Ah, now I know something about these boys. Um, I, well, Leicester Cast was actually played a few years ago in the Heineken Cup. Yeah. And it was one of Matt O'Connor's few good games. And I thought, hang on a minute, everything's going to come, come together nicely here. <laughs> they were scoring freely, running around. Uh, it was fantastic to watch. I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll see the same thing again. Um, I don't even know how Leicester approached it. What did Leicester do here? Um... Uh, the league is done. Um, so it was mentioned in comms tonight, actually, that um, Leicester can actually qualify for the Heineken Cup by winning <laughs> by winning the uh, is that right? the Challenge Cup. Yeah. So oh, England, does it, England does it take the eighth place it away. Takes the eighth spot. So England could deny England. Leicester could deny so Northampton or Quinns or Gloucester. Well, you say someone who deserves it. Someone yeah. who deserves it more than Leicester. Um, they could deny one of those, which um, it'd be great for them to win the cup. That might actually be the worst thing for their uh, recovery. Their improvement in form would be playing in the Heineken Cup it next season. It can't be this hard to run a rugby club. I just can't <laughs> believe when I look at Leicester, it can be that hard. It, I mean, they had it all. Whoever was in charge of Leicester, they had it all. And they trashed it. They absolutely trashed it. It's, it's like I borrowed your car and took it rallying. <laughs> it's, unbelie- it's unbelievable malfeasance in uh, rugby club management. And here we are in a quarter-final weekend of a European Cup. And I have no idea what they're going to do. Presumably, they'll play their, play their first team and then carry on throwing league games until such time that the league finishes. Presumably, they will play their first team, but they, they don't want to win this tournament. They actually really don't want to win this tournament. I'd love them to win this tournament. <laughs> that would be a disaster for Leicester Tigers Rugby Club if they win this whole thing. Uh, in terms of their long-term recovery, another yeah. trophy they'd love. But they shouldn't be, should it? It shouldn't be. You've got a, a salary cap, the same salary cap as, ever, as everyone else. It should never, never have got this. I want them to win it. So it just forces them to accept that you need to win now. Spend your salary cap wisely. You know, Do your jobs properly. You can win now. But more more than just the salary cap, Leicester had the name and the history that meant it was easy. It was easy. E- yeah. It was easy for them because they could attract players like George Ford and Johnny May. George uh, Ford wanted to go there. Exactly. George Ford wanted this. George Ford is a smart man, and he wanted to go to Leicester <laughs> Tigers. And he, I haven't been there before, too. Yeah. Um, 
Have you do, ever... you, do you remember how excited we were when the, the season before, when we were going to get Ben Youngs, George Ford, Manu Tuolangi? I yes. can't remember who the yes. 12 was at the yes. time. Oh, only Matt Tamua. Matt Tamua, Matt Tamua, was it? Tamua it yeah. be Johnny May, Talusa Vianu. Yes. And anybody and, else on the other way. Whoever was on the other way. Yeah, it doesn't matter at that stage. Just unbelievable. But um, they had no front row. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, but they did. They had yeah, they uh, did ninety odd cap. Uh, Dan Cole's playing and, in the Dan Cole. Yeah, they had a guy. The they, they had and p- Plotter now. I think um, we can plot this. Mullapola, Mullapola, and Genge coming in. And well, we we go back to Cockrell, don't we? It's all about Cockrell in a way when we plot this back, because ultimately he was right, wasn't he? When he said my most ex- my most important player is tight head prop my second most is my backup tight head correct. prop right and that was that was how they set up their stall and oh, if only they could have got Major and Cockrell to somehow work together better they would never be in this mess yeah but also the recruitment and the, you know, and the, 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 fingers. the Matt O'Connor double dip on Matt O'Connor oh, the, I mean that, that, that was outstanding let's spend god knows how much on a headhunter to find all the best names in rugby and who do they end up with Matt O'Connor well no it's because you've got to find the best names in world rugby but they've got to be part of the Leicester history therefore the, the list of best names is reduced to like four blokes yeah, yeah. I mean there was calls for Martin Johnson to come back and I've heard this from really knowledgeable people I'm like are you absolutely sure <laughs> when's the last time Martin Johnson even even saw a cone you know a, a training cone or held a tackle bag or whatever you know they need to do now I can't see that being an option the, uh, and we've, I've, we've talk, I've, talk, I've used this particular example a bunch of times so a couple of them is one they thought yeah we don't need Harry Thacker and we'll keep very, very expensive Tom Young. A club man, a fantastic guy. Oh, you, you, you've, you've, you've missed, you've oh, missed no, the boat there. And Pelotta now. And Pelotta now. And whoever else they had. Uh, McGuigan, who then got binned off. McGuigan, who then got... Yeah, exactly. So we'll keep all them. We don't need Harry Thacker or let him go. And well, and we'll, we'll, we'll swap Johnny May for, for one of the guys that's integral to making sure people like Johnny May <laughs> actually get the ball. One of the worst rugby decisions Ed ever Slater. made by any person ever in the history of the game was swapping, was telling Ed, Ed Slater, it's OK, you, you, you can go. Ed Slater, you know, if he'd, if he'd hung around Leicester, I could easily see Ed Slater becoming the next uh, Stuart... What's his name? Hooper. Stuart Hooper. Like you could, you know, he could oh, okay. rise, yeah. like, rise through the ranks. He's doing a, um, a master's or a degree in sports directorship. You know, it's the kind of guy you want. And I, I you know, I've, I've not always thought that Stuart Hooper was the smartest, but that's you know, he is a good bloke. And as it uh, as is Slater, that's exactly the guy you want in your team. That's exactly who you want. How do they not? I, I mean, I could have told told, told you this from my basement. <laughs> I am telling you this from my basement. And they could, they could have... I mean, Johnny May did, does some amazing things, but you're better off having Ed Slater making sure Jonah Holmes got plenty yeah. of ball. Well, well, to be fair, to, I, I must add this. In the uh, interest of fairness, Johnny May was their top try scorer for every year he was there. He might <clears> even <throat> been top try scorer in the league for every year that he was there. <laughs> but he was phenomenally successful in scoring tries. The problem was Leicester Tigers weren't phenomenally successful. So if you throw out that stat, that Leicester Tigers... no. Johnny May individually was phenomenally successful. I have to tell you, he will always be phenomenally successful, but you don't want an organisation based around Johnny May winning things. You want to win actual things. Because, <laughs> well, mainly because half of the season, they, the players they relied upon 
weren't there half the time. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Anyway. Good luck, Lester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you do well. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the um, the most tries in the Challenge Cup this year, and there's two players who have swapped clubs who could continue their scoring record okay, for, new, guess for new clubs. I'll in guess. I'll guess. Radrada. Radrada. He came from Toulouse Viani. Uh, no, because no, Stad, Stad are not in there. Oh, they're not in there. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, not Nick, Nick Tompkins. Uh, he has been mentioned tonight. Has he? Yeah. Um. Very recently. Johnny May? No. <laughs> so he's not playing, is he? Uh, I, I don't know. So he, he left Leicester to go to one of the other teams in the quarterfinals. Bateman. Greg Bateman. Uh, he's not in the try scoring charts, but you're on the right f- lines. Who's the other one like that? Bateman. Bateman. Um, Noel Reed? No. Eastman's on the How on? He'd, he'd already, I think he'd already left last. He wasn't one of the Jonah Holmes. Jonah Holmes. Ah, yes, that's right. He didn't leave because of money. Well, he did leave because of money, probably, but he was due to leave anyway. I think for yes. Wales. Yeah. Hmm. How uh, interesting. Yeah, Jonah Holmes. He's, he's gone there to make the Wales dream come true, and then Lewis Lewis Reece Zamet happened. Who, yeah. by yeah. the way, made up about fifteen meters on. Joe Marchant, Marchant just casually yeah he's amazing isn't he Marchant you can see Marchant's well clear and How Marchant will not have been caught and Marchant looks back and Reece is just hunting him down and he starts trying to zigzag didn't he but it no not, good not to be negative on Johnny May because I'm not he's amazing he's amazing he's just, he he's not a wise signing for anyone is he really unless you need Johnny May well it comes back to the point that if you're going to lose him for 10 games for England what I'm getting at here is why did Gloucester take him back I mean they must know this Resummit boy is even faster they know they've got Seabrook they know they've got um, Woodward yeah a Woodward of Woodward Thorley Thorley Summit. yeah they are uncovering um, they're uncovering wingers like Newcastle United used to uncover centre forwards they're just everywhere and yet they bought Johnny May back I wonder if there was a better landing spot for him it just doesn't the more I think about it, it just doesn't seem like a particularly wise allocation of funds, particularly when you... I'd have given him all... I'd have given Mostar all of Johnny May's money. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> and maybe some more. Yeah. Hmm. So, I... Anyway, who wants to know about some li- some licensing ideas? Yeah, yeah, had? well, bearing in mind we talked about Northampton having one fit... But one available loose head prop for this weekend's games unless something drastic happens or someone gets very fit uh, suddenly on on the physio table. JB wanted to talk about something. He mentioned it at the end of last pod. So go on, JB. Yeah, so the floor I mean, is yours. I've been I've been thinking of this, and I think it's just perverse that in a professional sport we can have someone like uh, what's it? is it Tom West, the Wasps? Yes, it's Tom West, isn't it? I've not got his name wrong. The loose head. The loose head. Who was told. Yeah. Or the, the ref was told he can play hooker and he did not want to play hooker. Yeah, and whatever happened there... So let's just relive the Tom West moment. So whatever happened there, it is ridiculous in a professional sport that that is allowed to happen. So, number one, uh, Tom West... Sorry, one. Tom West is asked, can you play loose? Uh, can you play hooker? He scratches his, head, scratches his head and says, what does the bench say? 
And he goes, the bench says you can do. Do you feel safe to do it? He scratches his head again and he goes... I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go? No. OK, scenario two is... Um, he's asked. He says yes. Launchbury taps him on the shoulder and says, Westy, not a chance, mate, because we're not going to lose someone for head injuries. Yeah. This is perverse. Uh, the following week, there was another set of uncontested scrums, which I can't remember. Bath, Bath, uh, no, hang on, that was a Bath game. Bath Wasps was the uncontested scrums. There was another one. Yeah, there was another one, but someone did lose a player, and yeah. I can't remember which game it was because I've watched so much rugby in the last few weeks. <laughs> Agreed. So this has happened twice, and now we've got Northampton with one loose head. So you might get a European uh, final, or semi-quarter, whatever it is, um, with uncontested scrums. Now, I do not believe, for the life of me, that there is that much difference in strength and physicality between one front row position to another. I know there is a difference. I know there's a difference in, 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 uh, in technique. So please don't tweet me to tell me that there's not a difference in technique. But I also don't believe that it's insurmountable right, for those players to learn, mul- to learn mul- multiple positions. And furthermore, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask coaches and players to declare what they can and cannot do before the game. So my suggestion going forward to solve this front row issue is every front rower okay, should have, have to have a primary position and a secondary position. It is just something you have to do to be a professional, professional rugby player. And you have to declare this at the start of, ev- start of every game. And it's basically like a licensing system. And the only criteria is your head coach at the start of the game has to say, yes, we agree that this guy is good enough to play loose head and tight head, and we've signed it off, and we have seen it in training. And if, if that is not true, that comes down, down, down to the club. And all they need to do is five minutes, minutes in training at the end of every scrum session or change around their, their formations. And you, then get, a, you get, then get a number of things that happen. Number one, Wayne Barnes isn't left to decipher who is telling the truth or who is not telling the truth regarding who can play and who can't play. We don't have that ridiculous situation with the prop in... Oh, sorry, that's a different scenario. Let's, let, let, let's, not, let's, not, let's not go there. Um, it's simple as that. He, he looks at a sheet of paper, he goes, West is registered as a hooker, as a secondary yep. position, he can play or he can't play. And there, there'll be no gaming the system because he can play or he can't play. If he declares he's, he, that he's not fit to play, then, then he doesn't. The second thing is, players can spin it to their advantage. And they can say, look, I play two positions, pay, pay me more. And the third thing I would be is, you're a coach of a rugby team. This is what you do full time. If they can't play more than two positions, that, that's on you. Make sure all of your front row can play more than one position. It's not too, not too much to ask. So, broadly I'm agreed with all of that. The only bit that I would say is... Um, not right is forcing players to to play two positions. Yeah, and, and one very good example I'll give, which you've referred to in the past, is one of the best scrummaging loose heads in the world, Joe Marler, said, "I can play tight head." Got put across the tight head and got absolutely destroyed playing tight head. I'm not saying. Well, what I'm um, saying on that is that they should be signed off as competent. Oh yeah, so he but, was not but you said so. You said before they yeah. should be forced to play two they positions. Have, they have to have another position. Yeah. I would I th- like it to be that situation actually. But then that then contradicts with another point you made, which is pay me more because if everyone has two positions, everyone just is everyone true. is still worth the same amount. Well, be, I mean, you could be triple threat. You could be a triple threat. What I w- uh, Greg Bateman. I Greg will. Bateman. I will go as far as saying I think that the positions they 
can competently play in a game if called upon to do should be something which is declared. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. 100%. I agree. Uh, that I, I don't think is unreasonable, and that and that may just be cl- clubs can go. I, I don't know whether you whether you can change that week by week is the thing because clubs have the have to provide uh, a replacement in each of the front row positions. So the only situ- the only times this happens is when there are more than two injuries. Mm. No, when there are two injuries in the same position. Yes, which is very unusual. Anyway. It relatively, it it does happen, but it's not. It doesn't happen a huge number of times. It doesn't happen a huge number of times, but it isn't unreasonable to say. And whether it's at the start of a season or whether it's game by game, I don't know. Yeah. But to, to to actually state these these are the positions that player is competent to play in, and, and you could do it in a week because yeah. all the licensing st- states is your coaches have to sign you off as competent. You've got a week to sort it out. Probably what would happen is clubs would only sign them off as competent in their position in their position mm, but, 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 but then I'm just thinking of other situations there might be players who are genuinely reasonably competent and they wouldn't want to lose a player so they'll yeah chuck them in yeah well, but, but if be- they haven't signed them off in that position then they can't yeah if they, if they come to a game and you know I think it's perfectly reasonable in the professional sport if you show up to a game and you've only got one loose head the European competition is different, to, to, to be fair, because of um, of, of the rules. But like, you're a professional outfit. Go and teach. You, you know, you've got a full time staff. You, you've got full time athletes. You, I presume you've got a scrimmage machine somewhere. You know, <laughs> go and teach someone to be a loose head or a tight head this week. That, actually, that's that's in, like saying teach a teach me to to drive Teaching a lorry offensive and articulate lines, a lorry uh, li- li- Lyman's played defensive Lyman's played defensive yeah, yeah. they'd probably say to you it's two completely different things it's, it's, you mindset. can do it you can do it it's just the time scales yeah. like I mean, if, if I had to drive an articulated lorry you could do it I could do it in a, in a few days you know, if you had to fly an A380 and land, land it in Hong Kong airport with a 40 mile an hour crosswind you, you'd get on the simulator do it a few <laughs> times you'd be fine it took me four hours to master that easy um, <laughs> so uh uh, and I think it changes the culture too. The, the culture at the moment is very much we only play one position. I only do yeah. this. I only do that. If it's just five minutes at the end of it, at the and end of every session, the biggest thing is incentivizing the players with, like, if if they they know they're going to get an extra ten or twenty grand in their paycheck because yeah. because exactly. they can, that is by far and the biggest incentive. If I was a coach, I would only be signing players that are competent in two positions because I could maybe. Use those rules to my advantage and only put two, you know, two front rows on. on Ma- Matt Stevens went on a Lions tour. He went to yeah, World Cup because go. he could. But that's the way to do it. It's the carrot, not the yeah. stick. It's yeah, not clubs. That's... You must. It's well, maybe play, players the... open your yeah. mind and realise how valuable you could be if you work well, at this. Yeah, maybe not the must, but it certainly sorts out the Tom West situation where. Poor old Tom West is left on an island with Wayne Barnes, and Wayne Barnes is guessing. He's guessing. Can I do it? Can I not do it? And then, like, uh, you know, Tavon Sean from Launchbury, no, no West yeah. can do it. You yeah, know, it just gets rid of that, and that is a farce in professional sport. Yeah, the the uncertainty there was yeah. ridiculous. De- declare it, and they have to declare it pre pre match. It has to be on a register, and there's no wiggling out of it at that point. Yes, I go you. along with that. I'm with you. Cool. Sol- Solve that one. Yeah, done. Right, second pot of the week done. See, we look after you, and that's why you need to hit subscribe, why you need to tell your mates, and uh, why you need to follow at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, at Jay Beardmore, I'm at Cocker, Phil's lurking, and enjoy the rugby this weekend. Let the boys play. Let the boys play.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.